Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm gonna make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you wanna get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather, now at ChampaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. VGW Group, no purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. See terms and conditions, 18 plus. Peace and blessings, brothers and sisters. I'm Brother Priest. This is Keys to the Kingdom Bible Study. We're going to talk today about who's qualified and who's going to get into the kingdom. Who's qualified and who's going to get into the kingdom. I wonder who do you believe is worthy of entering the kingdom? If it was up to you, who would you allow in the kingdom? What do you think the kingdom is? Who do you think the almighty would allow in the kingdom? A lot of our perceptions of just what the scriptures are talking about is wrong. A lot of our perception of what we believe the kingdom is is wrong. And as we've been speaking on the last couple of weeks about conduct, worthiness, how are we supposed to be conducting ourselves and who's worthy of the almighty? We really have to have a broader comprehension of what the kingdom is according to the scriptures and who is qualified to enter. Area code 617, who's there? I'm his brother EK. Shalom, brother. I should know that area code by now. What are your thoughts on that, brother? Yes, sir. Uh, peace and blessings, everyone. Um, yeah, it's um, that's what, you know, take for example, in modern day terms, like um, you know, like an apartment uh, community, you know, you don't want you have certain uh, guidelines and restrictions and policies that regulate behavior to keep a peaceful order within the community. So a government, in a larger capacity, is no different because in that kingdom. And within that realm, you want to be able to deal with people that are like-minded just as yourself and that the behavior and the standard of conduct is at a level where it promotes 
cooperation. It promotes civility. So that way everyone's actions with each other are in harmony. And more importantly, you're in harmony with nature because you're, 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 in, you're, you're doing what nature prescribed you to do in your own role as a man and as a woman, and those things are allowing you to sort of be able to deal properly with one another. So when we have deviations from civil behavior, that's when a lot of the chaos begins to happen, and unfortunately, um, that's where, obviously, you know, we would have to kind of render judgment to make sure we kind of bring that back into balance. So that's essentially what, you know, having a kingdom that, you know, doesn't allow, you know, that type of kind of behaviors to occur, and, you know, when you really think about it, a the trajectory and the uh, success of a body of people is contingent on the leadership of that's leading that government, you know. So, for example, if the leaders of that government or kingdom, whatever, if their behavior is not on a moral, if it's not morally sound, the people are not necessarily going to be morally sound because they're following what the leaders are doing, more or less, to some greater or lesser degree. So, if the leaders are civil and the leaders are carrying themselves at a high standard, then it's going to reflect throughout the rest of the people because that's the standard that they can go by and gauge their conduct by, you know, rather than just having it listed out on a piece of paper or just words, but the actions, the application of what it really means to be civil is actually being demonstrated on a continual basis so people can, can follow that properly. You know, so that's sort of uh, how I would describe, you know, the whole scenario of what is permissible and who's permissible to be entered into the kingdom of heaven, so to speak, in IU. Thank you very much for that, dear brother. Um, who is qualified to be in the kingdom? Who is worthy to be in the kingdom? Who do you think? will make it into the kingdom. Do you even know what the scriptures describe as the kingdom? I know what most people think that the scriptures are talking about when it comes to the kingdom. But hopefully we'll be able to shed a little more insight on exactly what the scriptures are talking about when it's talking about the kingdom, the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God, the kingdom. I know what most people think. But let's ask our, ourselves this question. Who do you think you would allow in the, in the kingdom? Who would you allow in the kingdom? Who would you say to the Almighty, uh, yes, Lord, this individual here, they're good, they're qualified. Who would you allow in the kingdom? Who will make it in the kingdom? Do you even know what the kingdom is as it is recorded in scriptures? Brother Shedrick, what are your thoughts? You 
you there, sir? Oh, you're muted. Oh, you're sure. off mute. Yes, sir. Go shalom. ahead. Um, shalom to everyone. Shalom to you, Minister. Um, I was listening, and uh, I caught the last bit of what the brother E.K. was talking about, and um, I, I didn't know that you were going to choose this topic, but nonetheless, um, I uh, while you guys were talking, I was reading First um, Corinthians chapter six, verses nine, and it was saying, um, and it reads as follows: You know, what is it? Do you not know that the wicked will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. Neither the sexually immoral, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor men who submit to or perform homosexual acts, nor thieves, nor the greedy nor drunkards, nor verbal abusers, nor swindlers will inherit the kingdom of God. And while I uh, took in what Brother E.K. was saying, because he made some very valid points as to um, uh, the things permissible, things not permissible, and what um, what brings about a very harmonious, um, I guess you can say, place, People will call it a metropolis, a metropolis. Some people will call it utopia. Some people call it Shangri-La. Some people call it heaven. Whatever you want to call it. Um, and in in respect to what the minister is saying, I think that that is a question that many of us have to be very, uh, how should I say, careful in how we answer it. And the reason why we uh, should be careful on how we answer it because one of the things that I, I usually um, uh, hear in um, just roundabout conversations when we're talking about reputation and opinion of people is um, you are the company that you keep. Birds of a feather flock together. So in my mind, I'm thinking that, you know, one should be careful about how they choose to let someone in their confidence because who you let in your confidence or who you let, uh, who you entertain in your circle pretty much tells who you are by association. And, you know, one of, and, and that very same fact is what a, a lot of, I guess you could say, jurists and the courts whether it be in temp, uh, antiquity and contemporary times, they use, you know, um, for character purposes when you're dealing with uh, either witnesses or plaintiffs or defendants or whoever is, uh, is being um, put on trial for whatever occasion may be. Um, assessing just these very scriptures alone, the idea behind just those few uh, verses and the characters um, that are pinpointed, a lot of people will say, you know, they'll hear those things and say, well, how do you know you're singing and not this one group or you're singing and not this other group? not necessarily about singling out. It's about understanding, and, and I spoke about this last week when we were talking about um, uh, what um, helps a kingdom or a household thrive in terms of order, where the uh, king and his kingdom or the king and his country are in harmony. You know, they have laws that are harmonious, 
Of course, there's going to be a defect somewhere or a vice, but of course, there's always going to be um, there, there's going to be peace if the principles are um, if they are followed in a way where there's production. And when you look at what any one of these particular characteristics, uh, characteristics pertain to, they are nothing of production. There's, there isn't what you can call anything productive coming out of those characters. If anything, they pretty much depreciate the value of the person who commit the acts and they depreciate the mentality of the person who's committing them. Um, and you have to ask yourselves with all those acts being committed, whether it be by, you know, within a single person or a person, you have to ask yourself, is that enough to sustain a body of people who are trying to work towards a productive society? Or what in uh, modern day times they would say civil society, civilized society, a uniform government. Um, these are the things that we have to um, consider when we're talking about what holds a society together. You know, a society is almost more than a constitution, but the people who follow it too. You know, you know, you can have the the law, but if the people are if they don't do them, then you're not going to have a harmonious society. Um, and with that note, brother, I yield. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. You know, let me read for you Matthew chapter 16, verse 19. And I will give unto thee the keys of the kingdom of heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. And whatsoever thou shalt loose on earth shall be loosed in heaven. The keys of the kingdom of heaven. And I will give unto thee the keys of of the kingdom of heaven. Now, this is the keys to the kingdom Bible study. So, the true Jesus has given us the keys of the kingdom. So, we can say even boldly, if we would, that this is, in fact, the keys to the kingdom. And what does that mean? I'm saying we carry the keys to the kingdom that were already turned over to us. And that that thou shalt bind on earth shall be bound in heaven. So anything that is going on in the heavens is supposed to be going on on this earth when you are given these keys, when you understand and comprehend these keys. So there is a, supposed to be a heaven-like existence on this planet Earth. 
as it is in the heavens of the universe in peace and in harmony, meaning the stars, the sun, the moon, the planets, everything in the universe bows to the almighty and is in harmony and in submission to the almighty. The sun doesn't have a choice. The moon doesn't have a choice. The planets don't have a choice. They must submit to the perfect will of the Most High Almighty. Now, bringing it down to the planet Earth, the planet itself must submit to the perfect will, the law, statutes, and commandments in natural law. The grass must grow. The trees must grow. The seeds must grow. Plants, fruits, vegetables, everything on this planet has no choice in the matter. That they all must surrender. The, the birds, the bees, the animals. We are the only ones that can choose not to surrender. We are the only ones that can choose not to obey. Now ask yourself how many times. Have you ever heard in scripture versus what you hear in these religious places? But in scripture, how, how many times have you ever read that the almighty has blessed people for being disobedient? Has blessed people for consciously disobeying the laws of the almighty? Has How many times have you ever heard that? You probably haven't heard it in church or you may have heard it in church, but here's my point. You've definitely heard of the flood of Noah. You've definitely heard of the various plagues of Egypt. You do realize that these things were happening because of the disobedience and disorderly conduct of the peoples of those communities, the peoples of this planet Earth. So, these same people, as Brother Shedrick read, that had the same behavior of those in the past are not qualified to enter into the kingdom. So you may hear preachers say, well, long as you confess Jesus, you're saved. What are you saved from? What are you supposed to be saved from by confessing and accepting the Christ as your Messiah or Mashiach? What are you supposed to be saved from? You're supposed to be saved from a life of continued transgression slash sins, meaning you're supposed to be saved from a character and a conduct that continues you in the same behavior of the same acts the same thought processes of the wicked. You're supposed to be, quote unquote, delivered from that, saved from that, removed from that. That's what you're supposed to be saved from when you are confessing and accepting the true Jesus. But yet, if you confess, the confession itself is not enough. You must have a renewing of your mind. You must have a recommitment to what the original intent was in the beginning. The original intent in the beginning 
before the fall of man was heaven on earth. Brother Antigenaire, what do you got for us? Excuse me. Salam, brother. Salam, nation. Salam. Uh, yeah, I, I, I actually had a conversation with someone, I believe it was yesterday, and it was speaking on, you know, how people, <clears throat> excuse me, people like to, to uh, kind of lean to the side of, as far as belief, to the side of Egyptology. So I was speaking to someone about that, you know, they were saying that that's their ancestors. So then I asked them, uh, what, what do they think of an ancestor that, you know, because I guess because they were rulers, you know, certain rulers that they mentioned as their ancestors. So I, I asked them, the way they were ruling, we know that they had many slaves and they were ruling by power and not really fairness, you know, their power was for for one purpose only, to gain more power. So I had asked them that. I was like, are you proud of an ancestry like that, if that is your ancestry? And they really didn't answer me. But like you said, those were considered to be kingdoms. And if that's the leadership of those kingdoms and how they were living with, you know, whatever types of, of, of cultures they were dealing with, I think they were doing orgies, they were... They were killing anyone that didn't have the same beliefs as them and different things like that. So what type of kingdom is that, you know, as far as if they're considering that to be a kingdom to look up to, that's definitely not the kingdom of heaven. So that was one example that I <clears throat> that I got and came to mind when I was listening to you guys. And I yield. Thank you for that, brother. <clears throat> yeah, like... The scriptures describe seven world governments. Seven world governments that have been corrupt, wicked, diabolical. And this seventh one is a combination of all the predecessors before it. Babylon, Sumer, um, Kemet slash Egypt, Greece, Rome. Um, I think I'm forgetting one, but then uh, the revived Roman Empire of today. And the revived Roman Empire is all the predecessors into one. It is the daughter of Babylon, it is the mystery Babylon, and it is Babylon, the great city. Now, these are all one. The great city Babylon is Vatican City. The daughter of Babylon is the United States of America. The, well, specifically more like the, the North America, but it's all America together. And the mystery Babylon is really I hate to say it this way it starts with the city of New York. 
where the great whore that sits on the waters. But all of this collectively is the revived Roman Empire. The leader of the planet, as far as what people see, is America, the greatest country in the world. The superior to America is the United Kingdom. The superior to the United Kingdom is Vatican City. So, United States of America is the hitman for the United Kingdom and Vatican City. The United States of America, or North America in particular, is referred to in the scriptures as the beast of the earth. Who is qualified to enter into the kingdom? Who would you allow? Now, what were you thinking when we first brought this topic up today? Who were you thinking? You were thinking, oh, everybody that I know, all my people, everybody should get into this kingdom. Maybe you were thinking that. But that is not scriptural. Because all those people that you love, the Most High Almighty is not so fond of. All of those warmongers, whoremongers, harlots, prostitutes, drug dealers. All of those are the same behaviors of all of those world powers of old or perceived world powers of old and governments, Babylon, Sumer, Egypt, oh, Mes well, Mesopotamia even, Greece, Rome. They all became corrupt. They all became to have the same behaviors as those who were punished, be it Sodom and Gomorrah, be it whatever. So they were wiped out, even in the time of Noah, many were wiped out because of their behavior. And Noah was spared because of his behavior, being obedient to the commandments, the laws, and the statutes. Although they were not written, they were oral law at that time. They did not come to be written until the time of Moses. They were oral law, meaning it was written in our, in our hearts. In the original beginning, it was written in our hearts. We all understood this, just like if you look at us today in our neighborhoods, how they have become so decrepit. But I know when I was young, and I tell this a lot, when I was young in the 70s, I could leave my bicycle, my big wheel, out on the front porch, out on the front lawn. Nobody would touch it. It was unheard of in the 70s. Listen to me, for those of you who were not alive, it was unheard of for drugs to be sold in the inner communities like this. They, they had drugs, yes, they did. 
But the, the hardest drug that they had, in, particularly in the early 70s, in the mid to late 70s, heroin started coming in. But the hardest drug was marijuana. And the, the heroin, when it did come in, it was not circulating in the communities. It was only in specific little small groups that will have like after hours parties. It was not, there were not drug dealers on the corner sitting in the car by the, the local elementary school or the high school. There was none of that. It was unheard of. There were no murders from our people towards one another. I know some of you probably cannot believe this, but it is the truth. It was like unheard of for somebody to murder their brother. We were more so coming out of the 60s where we were worried about like we we are today still. We were worried about the police killing us. We were worried about the common Caucasian man beating up on us, shooting us, killing us, lynching us. It was not in our communities for us to do this to one another. So what I'm saying is we had a certain moral character. We had a certain state of mind back then that was written in our hearts and in our minds. That was the oral law. But when we got away from it by getting involved with these other people of these foreign nations of wicked connotation, our behavior slowly started to change. I'm gonna say this, this might be offensive, but just look at this. We had better conduct and treatment one towards another when we were getting burned at the stake and lynched. Just be honest with yourself. <laughs> I don't mean any disrespect and harm. I'm not trying to insult us, but look at it. We did. But soon as we got a little bit of more freedom, we had learned all this wicked behavior from our oppressors, and we started to use it on ourselves. And the answer to that is you have to qualify yourself today by your submission to the perfect will of the Most High Almighty, your return and your conduct and character to the law, statutes, and commandments so that you are qualified to get into this kingdom. Brother E.K., what do you got? Um, yes, sir. Um, I wanted to bring out a scripture. Uh, it's from the book of Matthew, chapter 20, verse 1. For the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is an householder, which went out early in the morning to hire laborers into his vineyard. So as this topic about who is qualified to enter into the kingdom of heaven, it's almost like, with that scripture, it's almost like, you know, it's like a job application that you send out. And you have these qualifications that you're looking for, and you want people to apply for these positions that you have for your the job that, you, that, you, that you've put out. And with those qualifications, you're looking for things that's going to allow the kind of work to be done in this kingdom to be, you know, prosperous, so to speak. So in this situation, we have uh, the qualifications being codified through the laws, through the statutes, and through the commandments, particularly the commandments, which governs our moral conduct. And so 
just like the scripture was pointing out, it's like a householder which went on early in the to hire laborers into his vineyard. So you want productive people that is going to do right by this kingdom. You want people that have productive behavior, a productive mindset, a healthy mindset, a healthy outlook, a way of treating people with respect, a way of, of supporting one another, encouraging one another, showing love to each other, even if the individual may not like the progressive feedback that's being received to them, but the tough love that's there to uplift our character and our behavior, that tough medicine, so to speak, all of these different things. You want these kind of people that can withstand pressure, that can withstand opposition to doing the right thing, that's going to stand on the truth. You want moral soldiers, essentially. So this job application that, with, that the Most High has sent out, who is qualified? These are the qualifications that guarantee an interview. And within this interview will be assessed as to whether or not you are who you say you are based on your resume, based on our conduct, based on our behavior. So when it's time to be admitted into the kingdom, the process of the job application, the application was submitted, was received, it was reviewed, there was an interview, and there was a stamp of approval that you were warranted and qualified to be in this kingdom. So that is the same thing with us as a people where it's really our character, it's our, it's our behavior towards each other, it's submitting to the Most High. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have our challenges because we're not perfect. This is a walk that, can, that, that requires a daily, um, a, a daily uh, just fortitude to just doing the right thing one step at a time, one day at a time. But as long as the goal is I want to be the best version of myself than I was yesterday, then we're more than halfway there already. The other part is fine-tuning our behavior. So the more and more of us that are doing this, the more of us that, have that, that are the laborers to work in the most high vineyard to be able to produce good fruit for each other to benefit from. So that way at the dinner table we can feast as one and we won't have to worry about, you know, other people infiltrating our quote-unquote party because we worked hard for that. So that's essentially, um, you know, what it would take for us to really enter into the kingdom where we really want to be, be sure that our character is in line with, with, with what the commandments are stating, what our protocols, how we conduct ourselves in government with the statutes, and then how we're making sure we're in harmony with the law to provide the balance. So that's sort of, you know, just tying it back to the scripture about how, you know, the kingdom of heaven is like unto a man that is a householder. This universe, this planet is the most highest house, so to speak. He's the householder. And who are the qualified applicants to make sure that this house doesn't, get buried underneath the ground, that it sustains its strength over the course of time. We want the strongest people that we can find, men and women. And so that way, um, you know, we can, you know, just continue to have, you know, the benefits that, you know, that will provide to us in our youth. Very well put, brother. Who will make it into the kingdom? Do you even know what the kingdom actually is? As we read out the scriptures, 
the kingdom is heaven on earth. And those who are qualified to enter into that kingdom are those who actually have correct behavior, who actually submit themselves to the law, statutes, and commandments of the Almighty. Brother Shedrick, what do you have for us? Um, I was uh, looking at the scripture from the book of Leviticus, chapter 21, and um, as a matter of fact, let me, yes, I guess I'll start from this verse here. Um, Restrictions against those with blemishes. Uh, Verse 19 um, says, no man who has a broken foot or a hand or who is a hunchback or a dwarf or who has an eye defect or festering rash or scabs or crushed testicles, no descendant of Aaron the priest who has a defect shall approach to present the offering made by fire to the Lord. Since he has a defect, he is not to come near to offer the food of his God. So um, I pulled that uh, I pulled that scripture out, and I know that that those, that those specific scriptures are um, are I guess you can say pertinent to the. Uh, Levitical priesthood, if you will, but even within that organized group of people, there were uh, certain expectations that needed to be met within this group of uh, priests, uh, where one needed to um, um, to require, so to speak, and um, what we didn't, what were what we. This, seem to not realize is that even uh, even within um, little small groups, whether they be something like a priesthood or whether they be something like a, um, a fraternal order, a uh, uh, certain type of writer's guild, uh, it can be uh, anything, there's always some type of uh, qualifications one needs to uh, have in order to uh, have access to uh, the, I guess you can say, to have access to the privilege of the people who are involved in the organization. What Minister Priest, I guess you could say, has kind of opened up here with the discussion of who's qualified to um, access heaven, and, and more so can be that the answer can partly be found within um, the characteristics that we, you know, have within ourselves, our our mindsets, uh, our habits, and I know that since we've been over here in. Um, the Western Hemisphere, our people have been over here in the Western Hemisphere, it appears that we've um, developed all sorts of unhealthy habits, um, even detrimental habits, um, and we've gotten so far gone within or consumed within these uh, habits that when we start to point out these negative attributes, um, within ourselves and these habits that we 
um, project, we get really, um, some of us get irate, some of us get, um, get very combative, belligerent, um, and, and defensive, and, and gotten so, um, so haughty with it that we even try to defend some of the things that we do. And um, that never helps us. And, and even now, it's not helping us because we don't see that because our habits are um, hurting us, we will never come out of the conditions that we're in, and we will never be able to find our our heaven, if you will. We won't ever be able to get inside of what people describe or has been metaphorically given to us as the pearly gate, <clears throat> so on and so forth. Um, heaven is given to any and every one, but we have to... In real time, we have to come to an understanding of what it takes for us to get there. Like I had shared the story so many times when I was in college, and I finally and I I learned about some of the people, uh, the free ladies that went to build Liberia, and I realized it took a certain level of intelligence, certain type of uh, discipline, a certain understanding of law, a certain understanding of know-how and networking, because you know, these folks didn't just have, you know, money to just go and buy a piece of land. They networked with the people who, quote, unquote, oppressed them to a greater lesser degree. They networked with these same people, you know, for grants and aid to, you know, purchase land to start their own government, which consisted of free slaves. And if you, I, I you know, I'm still researching this, but you won't find any slaves going to help build the uh, land of Liberia, so to speak, in its earliest um, its, its earliest formation, you will. You, you won't. Uh, and that's important to remember when we're talking about what it means to have a heaven and what it means to get there. Because in order for us to get there, we got to understand what it takes to, uh, wh- what is it that we need as a people and what is it going to take for us to maintain it? You know, having getting a piece of, you know, house is one thing, or getting a car is one thing, but maintaining it is another. And if we can't maintain it, we, you know, won't have it for long, and we'll end up repeating the same cycle that we've seemed to always found ourselves in, and even doing what Minister Priest had spoke of where we were oppressed and when we were set free, we, we you know, went through so much trauma that we used everything that our oppressor used on us against each other. So much that, that same, those same characteristic patterns show up in the scriptures. You can even find some of those same characteristics in the book of Judges where the Benjamites, you know, they, you know, had falling out with several of the Israelite tribes and even so much where it caused beef between a lot of the Israelite tribes and the Benjamites and then they had to go and seize the Benjamite tribes of which, you know, the Benjamites actually, you know, they held their own but for for how long? They had to come to some type of agreement. But the characteristics are there. We have to figure out how do we break this uh, cycle 
um, that is destroying our people and keeping us from having our heaven, uh, which, you know, is open to everyone. Like the message is saying, the uh, um, heaven is at hand. The keys to the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So you have to think about what it takes to get there. On that note, Brother Ayo. Thank you for that, brother. Praise the Lord. The kingdom of heaven is at hand. And you really got to understand some of the history that's going on in the scriptures to understand what the message was then that applies to us today. But to keep this brief, let me just try to sum this up very quickly. Once the Israelites moved into the land of Canaan and took over and began to set up shop, first they established law before they even had an active functional government they were already operating in government capacity when they were leaving egypt following moses they were already operating in the government capacity while they were in the wilderness they were already operating in the government capacity there were laws being enforced there were punishments being carried out for um, breaking the laws while they were in the wilderness because the whole idea of the law, statutes, and commandments is that it's supposed to reflect our character and conduct at all times. No matter where you are, no matter what situation you're in, you're supposed to maintain your moral character and you're supposed to maintain that same discipline. So, once they get to the land of Canaan and they begin to set up shop and establish this as a country of their own, they had to appoint officials, which they were already doing on their way, which were priests, prophets. These were all government positions. So they were first establishing government and law while they were on their way to build themselves a country. So first official king, once we converted the country from Canaan to Israel, the first official king of Israel was Saul. The second was David. And so when you go get to the city of David or the citadel of David, excuse me, the citadel of David had walls around it to protect it from outsiders, transgressors. So you got to understand that once that was overthrown, basically, and we lost control over the country of Israel, eventually, 
and the one who's become known as Jesus is born. The Israelites, our people, the same people that are here today, calling themselves Negroes, Hispanics, um, Native Americans, Latinos, West Indians, Haitians. We, some of us were over there in our own land. We lost control over our own land. And then we became enslaved in our own land. So when the true Jesus, Yeshua, comes on the scene and he's preaching the kingdom of heaven is at hand, he's going out to preach the word to pre-qualify the people to turn their hearts back to the law, statutes, and commandments, to turn their conduct and behavior back to the truly righteous behavior, to a truly righteous behavior, so that they're qualified to enter into the kingdom that was supposed to be restored by the true Jesus becoming the king of Israel. So he had the keys to build a kingdom, meaning a government. He had the keys to build a kingdom, a government, a country, a nation. To remove his biological brothers and sisters out of the enslavement of the Romans. To qualify them by their behavior and conduct being cleaned up. And then once they had cleaned up their behaviors, their state of mind, they had a renewed state of mind, then they would be qualified to enter into the kingdom of heaven, which the original kingdom would have been the kingdom of Israel. This was his duty to restore the kingdom but it would be called the kingdom of heaven or the kingdom of God on earth. So once he leaves, he survives the crucifixion and we are in modern times expecting a second coming. It is to complete that mission of the restoration of the kingdom of God on earth, the kingdom of heaven on earth. Now, who do you know around you that you will allow into that kingdom that you believe would be pleasing to the Father, to the Almighty? Who would you allow in there? Quite possibly, some of the ones you would want to be in there, obviously, would be your loved ones. However, they would not be qualified by this behavior they have they would be left outside of the gates, outside of the walls, outside of the gated community that the said, old, the said New Testament is talking about is to come. I'm going to read this, Revelation 22, uh, beginning at verse 14. Blessed are they that do his commandments. Hold that. 
Blessed are they that do his commandments, not blessed are they that are transgressors and continued sinners, even after they've already confessed that they believe in the true Jesus. And they still go back to their same wicked behavior. They were not saved from that same wicked behavior because what they are being taught is lies. They've been taught that as long as they confess the name Jesus, they can continue in that same wicked behavior and they're still going to inherit the kingdom of heaven on earth. That is not what these scriptures says. It reads again, blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life and may enter in through the gates into the city. This is not a city in the clouds. This is separate from the heavens. This is separate from an afterlife. This is a today's life. This is a now life while you're in this flesh and blood living state. Reads on verse 15, for without are dogs, without what? Without the commandments, without the laws, without the statutes. Reads again, for without are dogs and sorcerers, sorcerers and whoremongers and murderers and idolaters and whosoever loveth and maketh a lie. So if you don't have this spirit returned to you, this state of mind, this renewing of your mind that's going to address this behavior, that's going to save you from that behavior, from the thoughts that produce that behavior, from the people that are around you that help to encourage that behavior. If you don't have this returned to you, you are not qualified or worthy to enter into the kingdom. And in the kingdom, it says, seek ye first the kingdom of heaven, the kingdom of God on earth, in other words. And the rest will be added onto you. That means you won't want for houses or cars or food or clothes or proper education or love. All these suffering, love relationships, divorces at all time high. You can't find a qualified mate. You're not worthy of that until you correct yourself and get back in line with the laws, the statutes, and the commandments. We are here holding the keys to the kingdom that were given to us by the Mashiach, the true Mashiach, to restore the heaven on earth. And you got to come and help build by helping to correct yourself and get in line and get in order. We're going to stop short, a little short today. And I want to say this, we're going to take a break for a couple of weeks. We'll be back June 26 here. We'll be back here on June 26. But you think about this. You got this wicked lie of religions and churches telling you it's okay to disobey the laws of the almighty you don't have to follow that anymore and if you really think about what that means that is the satanic deception that is going on on this planet the word jesus coming from jesus 
This is why we make a differentiation in the true name. Jesus means Lord Zeus. The image that they gave you is the image of the beast of Zeus. And they got the whole planet worshiping that image that they are calling Jesus Christ. Well, that is not the same man that is in the scriptures. He did not look like that. The scriptures don't describe him in that way. He had dark skin and woolly hair. And then some of you are foolish enough to say, well, it doesn't matter what he looked like. He's all colors. That's not what the scripture says. So in essence, you've accepted a lie. The scripture says, thou shalt not lie. You've accepted a lie as your reality, and you wonder how Satan is tricking you while you're standing up in the church, while the, while the pastor is preaching in the pulpit, how Satan is tricking you, how Satan has deceived the whole planet. Well, this is how. They gave you an image that is a false image. They gave you a name that is a false name. And we use it to communicate to you because we know most of you can't handle the reality that you've been deceived with this name, Jesus. His true name being more like Yeshua and various derivatives. But are you qualified? Can you take the pain of waking up and understanding that you've been deceived for real the whole time you've been standing in the church praising the Lord, your heart was right. Your heart had the right intentions. But some of you around you, some of the people around you, their hearts weren't right. They were just as false and fraudulent as the day is long. That's why they can have that same gossiping tongue, libel and slandering brothers and sisters, judging people based on how much money they have, what kind of clothes they got on today. Worshipping, literally worshipping mammon, literally worshipping money, as though those who have money, have more money than you, get a bigger blessing than do you. But the point is, look at this. It is not right, brothers and sisters, to disregard the law, statutes, and commandments. And the doctrine that teaches this, and anytime you get in a church or any place of worship, and they teach that it is that you don't have to obey God anymore, you need to think about that. I just read, blessed are they. This is the book of Revelation, the last book in the scriptures. Blessed are they that do his commandments that they may have right to the tree of life. The tree of life being that which gives you real life when you come up out of the walking dead of sin and transgression and whoremongers and murderers and warmongers and sorcerers, idolaters, and those who love lies and make of lives and these dogs and savages that are all around you shooting up drugs, selling drugs, prospering off of negativity, how many ways they can destroy the mentality of the woman, how many ways they can insult their own people and make a whole bunch of money off of it, how many people they can kill on records, how many people they can kill in movies, and how many people that are affected by the music in the movies and they start killing their brothers and sisters in the streets. 
you are surrounded by savagery and all those people claiming to believe in the true Jesus don't even know the truth. They've been deceived. He caused the whole world to worship his image, the beast. Look at it. You think about this. We'll be back June 26th. Thank all the brothers for being here on the panel today. And those of you who hear this in the future. Oh, wait, let me say one more thing. There's an app, a phone app that I want to recommend. Bible Word Puzzle. Bible Word Puzzle. It's, um, I don't even know of it as far as for an Android. But I, I advise people to get this because it has games in there and it's like puzzles and it asks you questions, quizzes and things. And it really keeps you sharp. Um, I've done it for a few days now, and I've enjoyed it. I, I it, it will educate you. If you um, don't know enough about the scriptures, you go through these quizzes and you may fail them, but you can go back and, and look. You know, look the stuff up. It'll help educate you. Keep this in mind. Share this podcast with your brothers and sisters. Share with love and respect. We have to represent love and respect. Thank you all for being here. Thank you for listening. All praises to the Most High Almighty. Shalom, shalom. Thank you, brother. Shalom. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.